0: Chapter 3 of Our Western Birds This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell The Black Phoebe Its name is always Phoebe, old or young, male or female, and the bird named itself. For fear we might forget and call it Susan, or Maggie, or Mary, or Tom, or Charles, it keeps saying Phoebe over and over the whole year. Each bird calls its mate Phoebe, and the parents call all the young ones Phoebe, and they all together cry Phoebe when they are hungry. You hear it from the barn or house roof, from low reed stalks, from the top of the garden hydrant, from the woodpile anywhere from any lookout point. The plaintiff note comes from the clothesline, where the bird balances, tilting up and down, until it can catch sight of that insect again. People who are not cheerful by nature do not like the Phoebe's note, but merry folks who like to laugh at anything will tell you they love to hear it, especially on a foggy morning. There sits the bird right before you, on top of the barn door which you left open. She is turning her head to one side in the familiar way she has. She ruffles her small crest and looks all over as if she had dressed for breakfast in a hurry. Her habit of lifting her feathers gives the one idea that she is a very careless bird, always in poor dress. But it is not so. She is tidy even when she is on the edge of the puddle for mud. She may have a beak full but not a speck is on her breast or face or wings. We leave the garden hydrant dripping on purpose for Phoebe from March to August as this is her nesting time, and Phoebe birds must have water at nesting time. She may bring off three broods during the spring and summer, with four to a brood that would make twelve young Phoebes a year for each nest made. And yet Phoebe birds are not so very common about our homes. We have but one or two pairs with us, though we tempt them to come by all the ways we know. The Phoebes build under the eaves, if they can find the least shelf for the first load of mud. With two small foundations, these nests usually fall by their own weight. You may see the Phoebes peeping about under all the cornices almost any day in the year. To be sure, their main errand is for food. But they take notes about the good nesting nooks and remember when the time comes. We nail cigar boxes under the barn eaves for the Phoebes. We have a pair which have nested in one box five times. It is under the projecting gable of a low stable roof on the north side. They seldom choose the south or west. They like shade and coolness. The young would die in the hot south sunshine, and the mud nest would crack with the sun directly on it. The edges of our box gave Phoebe a footing while she was making the nest and caring for the young ones. When they were feathered, they leaned over the side of the box and cried, Phoebe, Phoebe, instead of Mama, Mama. No other young birds we know can speak so plainly. As soon as they could fly... The mother brought all four of them to the rose trellis by the beehives, where they cried in concert, Phoebe, Phoebe, as if they were talking to the bees. But the bees paid no heed until they were obliged to. It was drone time, and the big bumming fellows were filling the air. What are drones? They are the males of the common honeybee. They are larger than the worker bees, very lazy, and fly only in the middle of the day when the weather is very warm. They never bring a drop of nectar to the hive, nor do they help at the work inside the house. They just eat and eat, and get in the way of the workers. You have heard a lazy boy called a drone? Probably it is not because he eats so much, but because he does not help with homework. Well, the Phoebes are very fond of these big drones. Mother Phoebe snatched one as it was booming back to the hive. Anyone, even a bird, can tell by the sound when drones are in the air. She brought it to the trellis and banged it against the bar. Then she gave it to a young Phoebe. You should have seen the fun. Get yourself a beehive, and you will soon have the Phoebes about your place. The little Phoebe next to the mother took the drone, and the next young Phoebe snatched at the other end of him. Each pulled as hard as it could, and of course the drone came into somewhere. But the tail of the drone had no sting, and so the fellow that got the head was no better off than its brother who got the tail. Drones never do have a sting, and that is the reason the mother, Phoebe, likes to feed them to her young ones, and she taught them early to choose the drones when near the hives, and she was teaching them to sit still and watch, a good lesson for anybody to learn. Phoebe does not catch insects while soaring on the wing as the swallows and swifts do. She sits on the watch and makes a dive or lunge through the air, just as the kingfisher sits on his perch and dives into the water for fish. Sometimes the Phoebes see a sawbug or small beetle crawling on the ground, and they make a dive for it, not walking or even standing on the ground, but supporting themselves by their wings while they snatch it, their feet like the feet of the hummingbirds, are made for perching, not for walking or standing on flat surfaces. Once, our Phoebe was late in relining her old nest under our eaves in the box, and Linnet laid her own eggs in it. Phoebe came and told her, in a very mournful voice, that the nest was hers, that she had built it in the first place, and had already occupied it four times. But Linnet wouldn't move out, she said she had rented the house for the season and Phoebe would have to go somewhere else. At least, this is what we supposed she was saying. Phoebe pulled at Linnet's shoulder and said harsher notes to her. Then she called Father Phoebe and they both tried to get Linnet out of the nest. Linnet poked her beak out at them as if to fight them but cuddled down more firmly into the nest. Then she called Father Linnet. And he argued, and they all four argued. At last, the Phoebes gave it up, and went off to our neighbor's barn. But they watched their turn, and one day, as soon as the young linnets had tumbled out of the nest, Phoebe took her place. Nor did she give it up when Linnet asked her. Twice has Linnet had that nest, and five times has Phoebe had it. Each bird relines it before laying her eggs. The swallow claimed it last summer as you will see in the swallow chapter. The black phoebe is one of our most trustful birds and is resident all over California. It lives on insect food and so is a very good friend to the farmer and the housekeeper. It is up early for the flies on the screens and under the spouting and sits up late for the insects that love the twilight. It has been seen to catch moths and lace wings by lamplight. We have not seen the male assist at the nest building, but he is always close by to hear the call of his mate. He helps to feed the young and to teach them how to fly. Should they fall in attempting too long a flight for the first time, he flies straight down to them and tells us exactly where to find them. The young do not leave the nest as early as other birdlings, which are hatched from nests in bushes and close trees. The Phoebes are usually high up, and can see nothing to tempt them out of the nest. You may see them peeping over in a half-frightened way. If they catch sight of you, they will bob their heads down behind the nest rim. If you climb to the nest and put up your hand, expecting to find out how young Phoebes would look and feel in the palm of your hand, you will be disappointed. Out will fly all four of them before you touch them. And it is surprising what a long journey this first flight usually is. They must be surprised themselves. How did they know they had wings? But you frightened them, and the wings of a scared bird seems to grow in half a minute or less. They have been seen far down in mine shafts. The Phoebes do not nest in colonies like the swallows. We have not seen a Phoebe's nest near the nest of any of her Phoebe friends. They like to be alone. There is a little boy in San Luis Rey, whom we have not seen but who writes us letters about the birds he sees around his home. He is too young to go to school and writes in print. Once he made the picture of a bird which he told us was very tame about the house, but loves to stay all by himself, very black, with a white waistcoat. And would we please tell him what it was? Had he not told us a word about the white waistcoat and the bird's habit of sitting all alone, we should have recognized the Phoebe by its picture drawn with pin and ink. The head is large and slightly crested, and the long black wings droop well down. It is a splendid picture of a Phoebe. The little boy who could draw it at seven years of age will some day make an Audubon or a Wilson. If children would more often make a picture of the birds they see, what a fine photograph album they would have by and by. Learn the expression of the whole body how the head is carried, how long the legs are, and what sort of beak and feet the subject has. A notebook with a picture on each page would be so interesting. The picture would head the page, and beneath it would be the written description, colors, habits, food, and place of residence. Try it! End of chapter 3